Welcome back to the Buzz on Business podcast. In this edition, I have the opportunity to chat with Dr. Bridge Thapa, the new head of the School of Hospitality and Tourism Management. Bridge takes over leadership of the HTM program following 20 years as a faculty member at the University of Florida's Department of Tourism, Hospitality, and Event Management. Along with his extensive research experience, he also directed the Eric Friedheim Tourism Institute at the University of Florida and served as the department's program leader and coordinator for graduate and undergraduate programs. I'm pleased that Bridge has joined us to head the School of Hospitality and Tourism Management, and he joins me on this podcast as we hear about his vision for the school. Bridge, why don't we start talking about uh, how you were hired? Uh, which was a new one for me. I don't know if it was for you. Uh, we hired you completely virtual, the interviews uh, with everybody, myself included. So you took the job virtually. You'd never been to Stillwater before, correct? No. And uh, not only that, you bought a house completely virtual. Uh, so two of those are pretty amazing. So could you just kind of share with what you were thinking through the process and how you came to, to make the decision to come to OSU? Yeah, it's pretty interesting, uh, largely because I'd applied, I think, in Jan of February, and they had uh, an online Skype interview, I think, late February, early March, and they said, well, we'll call you on campus in April. And, uh, of course, the pandemic hit, and I didn't know what the status of the position and then I forgot about the position because the chair of the search committee, Dr. Mason, indicated because of potential budget cuts, we don't know what's going to happen. So there's a moratorium, there's a freeze on the hire. So I let it go for, what, three months? April, May, June. So probably around late June, I get a call on the weekend. This is Dr. Mason from Oklahoma State University. I had to take a double take because I'd forgotten I'd applied for this position. <laughs> so uh, she says, well, we got the funding, and uh, are you interested? I said, yes, but I guess I'm not allowed to be on campus. So, well, we're doing it virtually. So I said, all right, I'm willing to listen, learn, and see how it goes. And that was a weekend, and she said, the, the dean's a doer. This is exactly what he said. The dean's a doer, and he'd like to bring you on a virtual interview as soon as you can, uh, probably next week. I said, Next week, that's tomorrow, Monday. I said, like, can you give me until Friday? Sure. So I interviewed on Friday. It was a, what, 8 to 5.30 session. It's pretty long, but it was very interesting to learn a lot of things about the unit, which I've done a lot of background research on, but didn't really know the intricacies. Also, also meeting people and understanding personalities with, with the department and the department uh, leaders across peers. That was Friday, and then on Tuesday, I believe, uh, you contacted me, I believe, or yes, that was a Tuesday, indicating expressed interest of this position if I was interested in, in taking it. And I happily accepted it, of course, verbally. So that opportunity, I thought about it, talked to my family, my wife, and, uh, and we thought, why not? It's something different. And when you stay at a place for 20 years, like I did at the University of Florida, you tend to get stale, uh, you tend to get complacent. So this is a new challenge. I said, let's do it. People think we're crazy, but let's do it. And here we are. So it was one of those. It was a leap of faith, but we had, it was an educated guess. And then, quite frankly, not to embarrass you again, is uh, I had a good rapport with you, and I felt that I needed to work with somebody who was a champion for the program. And you came across as being a willing champion 
to help HTM strengthen the integration as well as further grow the program. So that was very important to me too. Well, obviously it wasn't just you that was uprooted, it was your, your wife and your kids. So talk a little bit about yeah, your family. Yeah, so uh, my wife, uh, she was uh, in the Department of Agricultural e Economics. She, she has a PhD from Purdue and she teaches, she was teaching at Florida as well as doing a lot of grant management, working on international projects all around the world related to agriculture and farming. So another aspect of us moving to another university was it had to be a land-grant university. And I got two younger daughters, eight and five. Krepa is the first, she's in grade three, and Kriti, this is so exciting for her, it's kindergarten. So when we moved here, of course, the schools were closed and she was very disappointed. It was a bit difficult, first two, three weeks, schools being closed and, and I was thrown in the fire in the middle of a semester and my wife still working remotely, a little chaotic, but things have settled in. So they're excited. Another thing of a cell piece for the kids were they're Florida kids. So we told them as dad and mom, I'm moving you to a new place. You're gonna have new friends and guess what? It snows. Yeah, you can play with snows and might have Santa Claus coming. And uh, I just said that and it's all right, let's go. So that was a cell piece, it snows. So you better snow in this place. <laughs> yeah, we'll hope we'll have some snow for this, this winter. Otherwise she's really gonna hate me. Yeah. But, uh, well, you're a veteran now of almost two months. Uh, what, uh, what's your impression of OSU and the, the School of Hospitality and Tourism Management? Yeah, so this is what, yeah, six, seven weeks. So quite frankly, I haven't really seen the town a whole lot because I've been going from home to work, home to work by choice because I want to live and learn. And I feel like I want to be a new sponge. Uh, a new sponge is always exciting on the kitchen sink when you have a new sponge. So I want to absorb as much. Uh, in terms of the program, of course, where I sit here in Spears, this is what I call, like I indicated, the Coliseum. That's my new nickname for this. It's a shining brick, big, big building here on campus. And of course, HTM also has their own building. It's an annex, it's, it's three or four years old, fantastic facilities. As soon as I walked in, I thought I was going into a hotel. So I was in awe with the HTM facility. Uh, I was like, you guys must have done something for you guys to get something like this facility. So the facilities are great, uh, but beyond the, uh, the shiny glass and the all brick, I think it's the people that make the difference. And that's what we do in hospitality and tourism is it's the, the element of people and the element of delivering quality service. So the people, what I found out are committed, uh, very talented and want to be engaged and want to take our enterprise further. So my first impressions have been great. Uh, it's been busy, uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to more interactions with the Spears community as well as uh, my home community, HTM. You mentioned a little bit, uh, explain a little more why you think uh, HTM being part of the business school is an advantage. It is an advantage because uh, for the most part, most uh, schools of business tend to be uh, more focused uh, uh, on the key areas of business, that's marketing, management, finance, uh, and the likes itself. And they don't want to apply programs like hospitality and tourism or even sport management or anything that's applied using business principles to be part of it. So a lot of schools don't have that. And I think it's a disservice to HTM because I think there's a lot of synergies uh, with respect to having a, a business base as, as a foundation to the humanities based to general education curriculum. That gives them the foundation whether they want to go into the hospitality field or you have what we call an occupational crossover effect if they want to go to other aspects 
a business beyond HGM. It, they have the skill sets to apply themselves in various sectors. However, we want them to stay in the hospitality tourism field. It's a big, big industry under this hospitality tourism umbrella. You got from resorts to casinos to, uh, to cruise lines to theme parks to hotels, restaurants, you name it. So there's multiple avenues for people to go. And I think the skill sets with a, with a uh, a solid uh, humanities uh, as well as a business foundation really sets them up for success. So I think that has a lot of advantages uh, for HGM and vice versa. I do believe we do contribute in the context of business students should take courses related to service management, you know, customer service engagement. I think that's an area we can provide uh, through our classes so students understand not only the power of personal, the power of customer engagement, quality service. So, the service element is something I think we can provide for the Spear students too. Uh, I agree. I, th I think that is a mutually beneficial, hopefully, relationship uh, for both sides. And so far, knock on wood, it, it's gone pretty well. So <laughs> it's close enough to wood, so it'd be, <laughs> be good. Um, I know you haven't had, uh, got the whole lay of the land, but what's your initial uh, vision for HTM? Well, of course. Uh, you have a wish list and then you have a reality check on the wish list. So, you know, I can talk the talk, we want to be the best and brightest and all that stuff, but there's a reality to it in terms of where you're located. But I think given the history, the legacy and the tradition of the program, it's uh, 83 years old. It's one of the oldest HDM programs in the country. And there's a reason why it survived so long. And I think uh, it'll, it should survive 83 years plus and beyond. So the vision is pretty much simple. Uh, over the last decade or two, I do feel, feel that the HDM program at OSU has taken a step back for whatever reason, whether it's through um, research reputation or enrollment, whatever it is. So I think is uh, reclaim that magic, that old glory. So the, the idea is how do we get back to being a top five program in the country? That is the key mission of mine is to see that and to really be a leader and to sustain uh, preeminence. At the University of Florida, we always, we always preached about is, you know, you have to be a preeminent program, whichever department you are. How do you rise to preeminence? So that's something that's really inculcated in me, and that's what I bring here, is really to let people think about being the best who we can be. And uh, when you think about academic preeminence, the three tripods, teaching, research, and service being a land grant, is really looking at um, innovation and research, uh, focusing on teaching excellence, whether it's online or hybrid or even uh, traditional life classes. And the idea of being um, globally engaged, but yet locally responsive to service outreach for the industry, community, and government. So this is not only HGM with the industry, but I do believe it's being a land grant a commitment has to be the people of the uh, state of Oklahoma as well as uh, to the government, state as well as local government. So that's my vision is not only being myopic in one area, but really focusing on, on the bigger picture at hand. So those are some aspects I think about and I always equate to what I call the three R's is, are you relevant based on academic program, relevant to where you're putting your students in the marketplace, your curriculum and the product that you're delivering. Number two is, and from a research perspective is, do people recognize your place as a, a, a place in which faculty do cutting edge innovative research? And third is, are you responsive? 
responsive to uh, the local community, to the industry, as well as government. So when you have the, collectively, when you have um, uh, what you call relevance, recognition, as well as responsive, and that's, I think, equates to the idea of, of being a preeminent program in the country. That's great, thank you. Now, Florida, you were heavily involved in tourism development and outreach programs with a number of countries around the world. Is that something you would like to do here? Not like, but I expect to do it. And uh, that's one way, uh, Florida, the name, regardless of university, Florida name itself is an international brand. And doing tourism hospitality in the state of Florida by default, guilt by association, uh, it opens a lot of doors. So when we went throughout the world, when you say we are faculty or folks in the University of Florida, we got meetings from the top to the bottom, which opened up access. But more than that is, my personal belief is uh, education is an important tool for economic development, for people getting out of poverty, rural communities creating jobs. And the way we've looked at tourism, hospitality in developing countries is we're not here to promote tourism hospitality per se. We're really focusing on economic development. And the medium is tourism hospitality. The medium is building capacity, giving them the skill sets to work in the uh, sector. Another aspect we'd focused on in institutional development is working with local universities, building curriculum for them. So when we are long gone, they can sustain the thing we started in which a lot of these developing countries, they don't have tourism education programs. So if we create curriculum, teach their faculty, and they can have an educated workforce and that can contribute to their quality of life. So based on my contacts all over the world, we've done work in 30, 40, 50 countries all over the world, different continents. So I can leverage my international network and to see is, hey, I'm with a new organization. So uh, uh, the strength of this organization we didn't have in Florida is the, is the, uh, the food saver side of things in which uh, it's a core strength of the HGM program. So I have another tool in my toolbox to be able to sell o o OSU. So I think I do intend to do that. I think uh, a lot of our, uh, our work internationally was through funded projects and nobody's gonna give you free money to do work overseas. So we've been successful uh, with uh, federally funded projects, multi-year from USAID, Department of Education, Department of State. So those are federal agencies that I, I intend to work uh, with further as well as get most faculty involved in grant writing and getting some resources. And that also helps to get not only the OSU brand on a global stage, but to get the students to come here, whether it's a two plus two program of graduate students for PhD, as well as uh, pollination between faculty to do research. So overall, global engagement uh, is, is a smart thing to do. Uh, I would agree with you. Another thing you've done throughout your career, you, you really have, uh worked very hard to develop relationships with industry partners. Uh, talk a little bit about what motivates that and how you think that benefits students. Well, at Florida, uh, I was the director of Eric Freedom Tourism Institute for six, seven years. And one of the mission of the institute was really to serve the needs of the industry. And uh, based on my work through that, uh, Institute, as well as working with advisory board, is, is what started with was through research projects. A lot of times, not only in the US, but outside the United States, you have uh, industry, they look at academia, you do research for the sake of doing research. 
So we have to prove our worth. So at the state of Florida, we work with uh, convention visitor bureaus, hotels, and communities to show us our research has applications for your own economic development. So after having done that and seeing tangible results of what we can do, uh, that really motivated us to do a lot more. And then we realized is, uh, this is a, uh, a good mutual relationship between industry and academia. And that's the thrust I put is, how do you have the nexus of industry and academia working together uh, for the common cause, that is, whether it's to improve uh, working conditions or improve uh, marketing plans or whatever it is. So w with that ideology, we also did a lot of that in Africa as well as Russia and Europe is creating centers for excellence with respect to the connectivity with industry and academia. And uh, it worked great uh, for us at Florida. And this is something um, we have a center for hospitality and tourism research here and the person who ran it, uh, Dr. Hughes, since retired. So my hope is to um, get that up and running, rejuvenated and not only rejuvenated, but reimagine what the center could do beyond just research. Through our discussions, I know you believe pretty strongly that uh, hospitality and tourism development are important parts of a, a region's economic development. Now, the pandemic, obviously, that has uh, thrown a, a big uh, uh, negative twist in that. Can you talk a little bit about uh, how you see the program helping companies through uh, deal with the pandemic and then how you see uh, opportunities for economic development in uh, yeah. Oklahoma? Sure, the global pandemic has really uh, forced us to really think what is it that we do because all around we see the industry just falling like dominoes, especially the restaurant side of things. Of course, the hotels, uh, independent hotels are, are closing its doors and uh, even academic programs across the country, some of them are being slashed, some of the merger consolidations are happening of colleges and programs and departments. So. But the pandemic really, from an academic side of things, made us think about the need to adapt, the need to innovate, and the need to execute on that, uh, what you call innovation or adaptation. And that is really focused on what can we do better than just teaching our students and gets to the early conversation is working with industry, industry in the context of can we do research that's going to help you for recovering? Working with government, whether it's urban rural community is, can we offer skills-based training for people to get into the sector? Okay, and then working with <clears throat> industry also is, can we have a program in which we can place these skilled people who have the skills into the hotels and the restaurants and various types of hospitality, tourism attractions itself? So I think the pandemic has really made us think more critically in terms of really working with the industry itself. So I think more people are thinking about doing more of that uh, in the context of connectivity in academia and industry. In terms of economic development in rural communities, well, it gets back to the idea of land-grant mission. Right? We have a land-grant mission, this university. So I do expect every department to really fulfill that mission. Is uh, Your first obligation is to the citizens and the taxpayers of the state of Oklahoma. So my goal is um, working through tourism and recreation department at the state level, as well as individual uh, municipalities uh, and businesses is how can we help communities in terms of whether skills development or developing tourism development plans and the likes itself. So that's what uh, we intend to do. Uh, and that's the whole idea is hopefully that'll support economic development in these communities. Other aspects in Oklahoma, of course, you have uh, 
Native American communities. They're very involved in uh, casino and gaming operations, and that's one area the HDM program, at least from what I've seen, they haven't really been involved in. So that's something we've talked about in the past also, is how can we get more involved in that space, uh, whether it's through curriculum or non, uh, what you call credit degree, non-credit courses or short-term training, or whatever it is. So that's an area I intend to move uh, our program to think about it and also have delivery modes maybe in Tulsa and Oklahoma besides Stillwater. So I think that's an area that's uh, untapped potential for us. Yeah, I agree. And I, uh, I know in our discussions, the one thing that impressed me at thinking about those opportunities and, and build those relationships, I think it would be productive for everybody. Uh, one last question for you. Why uh, should a student interested in studying hospitality and tourism uh, come here? My question, why not? <laughs> so uh, I know uh, one would think is Oklahoma. Uh, why would you go to Oklahoma? Well, if you're from the state of Oklahoma, there's no reason why you should not go to Oklahoma because this is the leading and the only major program if you want to do hospitality and tourism. But outside of Oklahoma, especially the neighboring states of Texas or Kansas or even Colorado, uh, in close proximity to a great program uh, that also the program is now part of the business school and also has this, what you call, uh, built-in advantages of being in the business school through curriculum as well as good support uh, resources. So um, I think if you come here, you get a quality education. Uh, you have three things I focus on. One is content-based learning from the classroom, top-notch faculty. Second is because HTM, there's a lot of technical aspects of knowing of the industry, so you get that uh, technical efficiencies uh, through our labs, whether it's through beverage center or our culinary uh, operations. And the third is the experiential component. Experiential is we require every student to do a full-time internship before graduating. You don't do that, you don't graduate. And um, most students, at least when I was in Florida, they do the internship in the last semester and we strongly recommend them to do an internship at a site that would like to see themselves as a potential employee. And most students, about 90% used to get job offers at the site that they interned with. So that has a, a good element in terms of job placement. So focusing on content, focusing on technical aspects and the experiential component, plus a huge support staff. I never had this in Florida because I was in the health college in Florida in terms of the resource in the first floor of the Spears building, it's just uh, amazing. And uh, I think if you do come here, um, you'll be proud alumni when you get there and hopefully you'll promote the brand globally. Great. Well, Brent, it's been great talking with you. I, I know I speak for everyone. We're delighted to have you here. Uh, very excited to see uh, what you can accomplish and I have uh, every hope and expectation. I know that you will do great things while you're here. So thank you. Thank you very much, and thank you, uh, Dean Eastman, for giving me the opportunity to be here with me and my family. We appreciate it, and we hope to make this place a home uh, for the foreseeable future. So um, thank you very much again. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed it, and until next time, please stay safe and stay well.